Hey, thanks for pushing play. I'm Gary Lee. I'm Harlan Hutchison. And it is Ozarks Overtime where we take a look at sports. And, well, we got quite a bit to, uh, you know, talk about. Uh, the last time we chatted, it was we were getting ready to head to Springfield for a Final Four, H. Yeah, and it turned out to be quite a trip, and the Lady Zizzers uh, took it all the way to the championship game before they got beat by the Whitfield Lady Warriors. But uh, just an incredible year for what's still a very young basketball team for uh, West Plains. Very. And, uh, you know, there was there was a lot of good basketball that we got to watch up there. And, uh, you know, it, it's amazing – the talent that we have in our state or, you know, the, the parody once, once you get to that final four and you've said it numerous times and and I concur, man, you just got to get there. And that's the hardest thing. If you're good enough to get there, you're good enough to win in most cases. And we saw that with West Plains who had the horrible misfortune of having their all state player Mackenzie Brunson go down with an knee injury about uh, halfway through the uh, first game, or not even halfway through the first game, but but you know it's a it's really kind of an amazing story when you think about the fact you lose an all-state player against Final Four competition, and you still figure out Scott Womack really deserves a lot of credit. He navigated around that, and his basketball team found a way to win against Union. And and uh, it was the an uphill fight. The, and the player of the year ended up being uh, the Rapered Girl, ended up being player of the year in Class 5. Uh, and they held her to very yeah, little. Yeah, she didn't do much at all. It was an amazing run. And, you know, I know a lot of people because you and I, we did it on the way home, you know, the what ifs. Um, it's something we'll never know. In my heart and in my soul, I think it would have been a lot different. Would have West Plains Lady Zizzers won? I'm not taking anything away from Whitfield. They were long, they were fast, and they could shoot, and they had a good inside post presence. Uh, it would have been a heck of a game, but I would really have liked to have seen it, but we didn't, and it is what it is, a great run. It's debatable whether or not West Plains could have won had they had Kenzie back at full strength. It's possible they could have they could have won, but you can't just up and say, well, they would have won if they'd had. You can't say that, but they certainly would have had an opportunity to have been state champions. But the other story connected to that extended was just the absolute amazing determination that we saw out of Kenzie Brunson. Oh my gosh! Who hurt her knee, did not come back in that game, and then came out the next day and started. Uh, she's on the bench with ice packs on the front and backside of her knee, or her left knee, I think it was. But whatever the case, she, she comes out in the game day, the day after. Yes, is dressed not only dressed out, but she's playing, and she played, I think eight, uh, ten Six minutes. minutes. No, she it? played more. She played a full quarter. Okay, yeah, that's right. She about two minutes in. About to two the, minutes in. She yep. so she played about ten minutes of that game. And the mere fact that – and she scored two points. I mean, the mere fact that she was even out there, that's one of the guttiest things I've ever seen in my entire life. And then, you know, Whitfield went on that 14-2 run when she went out. I mean, 
her presence, her knowledge, her basketball IQ, her vision, she couldn't run the point like prior to the the injury, but it still gave Judd an outlet. It, it, it The offense still kind of flowed, and the offense worked much better when she was out there, but, you know, when she went out, it, it changed things. But, you know, going back to the Union game, when she went out, that's just how good the West Plains ladies' scissors are. Union didn't have – I mean, West Plains was just a much better team than Union. And uh, Well, yeah, they were – I think they were better. Uh, I think Union was more built around – One player. One player. Well, actually, two. They had a, a, another girl that really stepped up for them and played great. Uh, but – I think I think all in all, um, Kenzie's presence out there was just her presence out there. A calming effect. The senior, she was the, you know, she's their guru. She was their leader, and 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 really, the offense it always started with her, and then she distributed the ball. Well, with her, even if she doesn't score, and Scott said after the game, you know, the the plan was to make her. Just a jump shooter. That's it. Yeah. No drives. Well, the drive was where she ended up re-injuring her leg. But, but she's but with her, you know, she's always going to be in the right place. She's going to, you know, she's not going to be out of position, and that extended at both ends of the floor. But the the mere fact that she was out there had, a, I think, had, had a settling effect on the basketball team in general. And the and when she was playing, you know, when she's out, you got other people who are playing more minutes. And in some cases, maybe even in some cases, playing out of position. Yeah. So you had to move around some pieces to to work past that. But anytime you lose an all-state player, and she's an all-state player, and will be again this year, uh, mm-hmm. it can't help but hurt. No. But uh, you know, lots to look forward to. You know, a young team. I mean, McKenzie will will move on, but the girls that were out there on the floor will all be back and. You know, there's some pretty exciting young players for the Lady Zizzers that really didn't get to see a whole lot of minutes. But, man, they they got a great foundation to build on. You can't overlook the fact that a lot of West Plains roster and people at play are very, are very young. I mean, you got Ashton Judd, who is such a great player, who is just a junior. And all these other players, for the most part, that you're talking about, are uh, sophomores, and then you had Alyssa Joyner start as a freshman. freshman. And what is going to have to happen, though, they're going to have to develop one more shooter uh, going into next year, an outside shooter. And they've got some candidates that could could be that player. Uh, you've got uh, Olivia Lawson, who got to play in the championship game a few minutes, mm-hmm. and you also have... Um, Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Why am I drawing? There's a blank another here? young Judd girl that there, Hannah, Hannah, and and uh, Kaylee Dixon. That's the name I was groping for. Kaylee's a very good player. She scored a, a bucket or two in the uh, semifinal game. So they've got a lot of young people. It's going to be up to it's going to be up to these somebody. Somebody's going to have to step up this summer and put the work in and become an outside shooter. Yeah, I mean that's and coach coach Walmack, you know, in that final post game interview of the championship game, you know, he uh, 
he said that, you know, they hadn't been shooting the three very good, and he kind of, that's why, you know, they kind of went away from that and tried to, you know, play more of an inside game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think great things are going to happen, but it's a very difficult road, again, to get there. But, you know, they proved they can be done. And the experience that they got, just being there, winning those games and the, the, the region and the quarterfinal and, you know, being at the Final Four, I mean, there's so much value in that. When you look at how young they are and the way that they, you know, held up under the pressure of that and to get to the Final Four, that's really something. You know, Scott said, you know, they're not afraid of anything. And that's and that's the way they played. They just, you know, one-year experience with this group is going to mean a lot. And you expect, you know, from year to year, you expect everybody to be a little bit better next year. So if that, if that happens, they should be in a pretty good spot. Well, now, you know, shifting gears just a little bit. We're not going to downshift. We're going to grab another gear, and we're going to talk Drury Lady Panther basketball with ties, of course, to the West Plains Ladies Zizzers, as Peyton Richards got to play for a national championship. And it probably, in all reality, it very well could not been for last year. You know, they called it off. Drury, Lady Panthers, was one of the best teams in the nation and didn't get to have their, you know, their their playoffs uh, due to COVID. But they did this year. And uh, boy, tell you what, that was pretty exciting. At one game, I think the quarterfinals, they were down 17 and fought back, came back to win. And then in the semifinals, uh, you know, they got down and came back to win. But uh, Lubbock was really, really good. And Lubbock was on fire. They shot the lights out early in that game and built a big lead. But uh, you got to talk with uh, Peyton a little bit, and that, as well as posted, uh, that whole interview is posted at OzarkRadioNews.com in the sports section. But tell the folks a little bit about what you and her talked about. Well, we basically talked about just the experience, you know, last year. Like you said, they were undefeated, and they were pretty much prime. They had a real shot at winning the whole thing last year. Then the season gets shut down. This year, they've lost one game. And they lost one game en route to the championship game. And they had to come from behind, I think it was in the semifinal game too, but they got down against Lubbock. And the thing, the, one of the differences in uh, high school and college basketball is that, you know, you can make up ground with that three-point shot in high school. But in college, you've got a lot of people that can shoot that shot. And if you get on a hot streak – you know, you can make up points fast. And obviously, Drury had that kind of talent. Peyton's one of those kind of players. And so, you know, they fought back and they made it a game, but yeah. they just weren't able to get over the hump. So another unbelievable year. And we also found out during the course of our talk that Peyton, using the NCAA uh, uh, statement where players could come back mm-hmm. next year and play another year, if they even if they were seniors, that uh, and she's going to do that. Yeah, she's going to come back, work for her master's degree, and play another year of basketball at Drury. It'll be interesting to see how many players do that, and I think you'll probably see a lot more of that on the women's side than you will on the men's side. Yeah, but that's all right. I think that'll make uh, the women's game st- even stronger next year, and and uh, and uh, so I, I I it's too bad they didn't win at all, but. What a, they, in four years, in her four years, 
that she has played at Drury. They have a record of 123 wins and six losses. Yeah. Now, that's and just now the stupid. Loss, the loss this year, okay, they played six games in eight days. Oh, and they murder. lost they lost one of those games and you know that's a that's brutal that's murder and uh, when we get to the grizzlies they've been sort of in the same boat but everybody's been in that yeah. boat they went they went through a 16 well let me see if i can in 16 ga- days they played i think eight games you know, that's you're playing every other day and sometimes bunched up. But again, congratulations to the Drury Lady Panthers on their second, their runner-up uh, finish in the uh, Division Two tournament. Uh, and we almost had two Missouri teams in the final. I know it. Yeah, uh, Warrensburg. Yeah, it was uh, almost it, and that was you know Lubbock played uh, was North North uh, West Missouri State. No, Central Missouri. Central, State. yeah, Central Missouri, and, and that was a pretty good game. We almost had an All Missouri Division Two championship on the girls' side, but uh, you know it's really fun. And then again, also congratulations to the Missouri State Lady Bears. They made it to a Sweet Sixteen, but they ran into the best, the top team in girls basketball in NCAA. To show you how good they are, how good Stanford is. Wow, Missouri State's good. Dang right, they're very good. And they just got whacked. I think it was a 27-point difference, 89-62 or something It was about a 30-point game. I mean, they got up to almost 40 at one point on Missouri State, 37, I think, or 38. And Stanford is really, really good. They're number one. Yeah, and they're number one overall seed. But still a great run for Missouri State. Now, here you go, Harlan. Mm-hmm. The Missouri State Bears are ranked 17th, I do believe, in... Uh, well, that was 19th, but it's around that. Yeah, 19. No, that's right. Missouri State Bears are 19th in uh, college football in the FCS, top 25. Uh, first time since they've been ranked since, uh, I believe it was 2000 and. They were ranked like in uh, 2018. They were 24th. But, yeah, 2018 they were 24th. But it was, it's been... 94. N- 90, yeah, 96 huh. since uh, they were ranked higher than that. They were ranked 14th. So, I mean, and we're not accustomed to Missouri State Bear football being ranked at all. No one is. Nobody. But uh, Bobby... Coach Bobby has got some stuff going down, doesn't he? Just this to- is su- this is such a complete reversal <laughs> yeah, of what I mean- Missouri State football normally is. And Bobby Petrino goes in there in one and, year, and and who knows how he's doing this? But they have beaten three ranked teams. And yeah, South Dakota, North Northern Iowa, and Southern Illinois, and it's back to back to back. Yeah, this isn't a fluke. One week, got hot, caught them on a bad day, beat them. No, they've done this three times in a row, and there is something going on there. What it is ain't exactly clear, but when when you break this thing down, you got to give a lot of the credit to the coach. 
I mean, if you're going to fire fire the coach when you stink, well, you better give him a lot of credit when you're, especially if you're Missouri State. Wow, Bobby Petrino is cooking with gas right now, and he's got that thing. Whoever would have dreamed? Now they moved the season to spring. Yeah, and that was important, if for no other reason, to give him more time to get his system in. And because normally they would have started several months before, It'd be and they would be way behind where they are right now. Yeah. So here you are. You got a guy who's got a proven track record of being a good football coach, and he has taken this thing. It, no one, I don't think anyone saw this coming. If they would have won, <laughs> if they'd have beaten one ranked team, yeah, people would have said, "Well, that's fantastic. It's a We're, success. Season's a success." Now they're now they're in the top. 25 and and they're rolling right now yeah well and you know think about this is the state of missouri as far as college football goes is it kind of up for grabs for the fan base i mean if if coach bobby keeps this going i mean man how long has it been since that stadium has been packed with well, fans. Well, I don't know that. I don't know when you would go back to since Plaster Stadium had a huge. Uh, now, if if they're able to get fans to come back, that that'll be enough for them. That, at least that's a great starting spot. Uh, Missouri State will never supplant MU ever in a jillion years. That'll never happen. But they can at least be good enough to compete in Division Two and. They've beat some of the best Division II teams already. Yeah. So, you know, the indications are that they're not only headed in the right direction, but they are flying down the highway at about 90 miles an hour. And, you know, someone's going to have to sit down and look at this thing and go, <laughs> now, how, how are they doing that? Yeah. Because it, right now, to me, it's, just, it's kind of a mystery, but who cares? I mean, they're playing they're, great. And I've got people, friends, who have taken time to go watch them play and are pretty impressed with what they've seen so far. Here's something else. Uh, Missouri State is currently locked in a four-way tie for first place in the league standings with North Dakota, uh, North Dakota State, and South Dakota State all at 4-1. and one. I mean, that's never happened. Well, I don't know what the – I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I do know this. If they end up playing Youngstown State – somewhere along the way, and they beat Youngstown State, uh, we may have to, uh, I don't know, Petrino may be held up on charges of of witchery or something because when you're beating teams like that, and I don't know if they play, that may be a, that could be a playoff situation for all I know. That could. I'm bringing up their schedule right now because it's just really got me, uh, it's got me Curious. This is one of the greatest mysteries in in recent uh, area sports for us. This rapid turnaround on the part of Missouri State, but again, you know they've had a little, they've had quite a bit of extra time to get ready for the season, and he obviously has pushed the right buttons and you know knew where knew where to go to to get what he needed. Their next game is Youngstown State. Really? Yeah, they were to play North Dakota at uh, Grand Forks, but that has been canceled due to COVID, and that story is on uh, Ozark 
radionews.com. Now, I don't know how Youngstown State's doing this year. They uh, just, in the past, they've always been. They've always been. Yeah, they're always good. And then uh, they, they there's three games left. They've got three games left. North Dakota, which was to be played this Saturday. That's canceled. And then Youngstown State on the 10th. And then Illinois State on the 17th. So that's kind of where uh, where they're at. But, you know, looking at their roster, uh, let's just see what, you know, that tells a little bit. Um, I mean, you know, he's doing pretty good in recruiting kids in Texas and Florida. And you always hear about, you know, Texas, Florida, uh, Alabama. He's got some kids. And that that's a hotbed for high school football players. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, here Petrino's been around. He's coached at Arkansas. He's coached at Louisville uh, and, and some other places, even in the NFL. I guess he mm-hmm. coached for the Falcons. But a guy like that that's been around that long and had that much success, he's got contacts. But here's what's really cool. Again, another tie to West Plains, Missouri. Jake Swope. Oh, yeah, big Jake. Yeah, and he is playing, folks. He is playing. He is now at 290 pounds. Actually, he's a redshirt freshman. He's a redshirt freshman, so he is not seeing any minutes. But Jacob, uh, you know, he's out there with him. Well, he's already up to 290, so he's six foot seven. So he's going to block the sun over oh, there on one side of the line. Of here, here's another name that you may remember from Parkview High School, uh, Javo Tolliver. Uh, vaguely. Uh, don't remember. Here's the thing. Here, and this is the thing. I don't care if you're talking about Missouri State. You're talking about somebody else. You have got to have a quarterback, and they obviously, along with other positions, but they you've got to have a quarter. And he and he's got one. And he's got one. So that's your starting point. And if you got a real good one, then you can fill in the other spots. But the, he obviously has got this thing laid out in short order, and so. <laughs> Man alive, what a story that is. Yeah, absolutely. So congratulations to Missouri State. Now looking at Missouri State, West Plains, Grizzly basketball. Um, The regular season is done. It's over. The Grizzlies lost their last two games of the regular season. But despite that, managed to pull off probably the best seed that they could have gotten, the number three seed. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, if it, three. If, it doesn't. if it's two or three, yeah. Either way, uh, just uh, as long as you're in there, that's all that really matters. So uh, they're as long as you're not in the play-in game, and the play-in game being played as we speak on Tuesday, that's being played tonight mm-hmm. in Poplar Bluff between the uh, Raiders and the Roadrunners from State Fair. So the winner of that game, and I would have to believe that it's going to be uh, Three Rivers. So if that happens, then it would be Mineral Area and Three Rivers in one semifinal, and the Grizzlies will play Moberly in the other semifinal. And, you know, one thing that we've seen is that the Grizzlies can play against Moberly. I think they've got, they've got a, a decent chance. They'll have a week's rest, and I think they'll be 
kind of charged up and ready to go. Well, they be you know they got a couple that's not been playing. Well, Ian Lopez has been out with a ankle injury. He should be back for that game. And boy, he is a, such an important player because he not only scores and can shoot the ball, but he is maybe their best rebounder at six foot four. And so Jamarius Sneed should be back. Franklin Pettyon and his broken nose. Uh, he'll be ready to go. They'll be as close to full speed as they c- can be at this time of the year. And so that'll help the depth. And I think they got a chance to beat Moberly if they play well on a neutral court. If anyone can beat Mineral Area, that's going to be the, the big question. Well, the one thing that, you know, I was with you on uh, Saturday nights when uh, Missouri State played their final game. And um, there was some really cool things that that i i got to witness i thought and uh but looking at the game the stats here um mineral area shot 52.7 percent from the floor now which is great my goodness oh yeah that's awesome but here's the thing missouri state shot 48.9 which is that's that's i mean i bet coach fade say i'll take that well, the night before they shot thirty percent or thereabouts over at Mineral Area, and just and just shot the ball horribly and got routed seventy three to forty eight. But then they come back the next uh, they come back the very next night, and both teams, you know, are going to be tired. But both coaches kind of pulled people toward the end of that game the night before, and you see the difference in playing one place as compared to another one. Mm-hmm. I knew I knew that it would be a much better game in West Plains when these teams played. And the final was ninety to seventy nine, and the Grizzlies played. They were tied at sixty six early in the second half, and just uh, we just ran out of gas. That's about the only explanation I can give. Uh, had a hard time scoring the basketball in the last six minutes, and eventually uh, Mineral Area was able to get a little separation there, but. At least with Moberly, it's going to be on a neutral floor on Friday. If you have to play for the championship against Mineral Area on Saturday, that's a pretty rough road to hoe. So, but that's the way it is. But I thought I thought Friday, and Coach Faye said, uh, or Saturday, Coach Faye said, "What well, you know, we we gave it all we had, and our kids played hard." And that's one thing you can certainly say about the uh, Grizzly basketball team. He gets maximum effort out of his kids when they're out there on the court. And, and you know, I, that's a neat thing to see. Well, a Saturday night, looking statistically, the Grizzlies outplayed uh, a Mineral Area by every stat except for field goal percentage. Uh, re, well, on rebounds, the Grizzlies got out-rebounded 34-25. Uh, but... And they were out assisted twenty two to eleven, and that that was one thing that we talked about. You know, the Grizzlies when they penetrate, they're not finding a cutter. Well, and, it's a lot, it, and that's you, good defense. You see a lot of one on one on one stuff, or a player for the Grizzlies try to penetrate from the perimeter and get to the basket. Now sometimes they'll dish the ball off, but I thought mineral area. And they're number two in the country. They're undefeated. They're twenty and zero now. They are really good, and they have a great concept with the way they play the game. Twenty four assists is a lot of assists, and you have to be looking 
for teammates, and we saw them do that all night long. Their baskets came much easier than the Grizzlies' baskets did. They yeah. had to, the Grizzlies had to work a lot harder for what they got, and uh, Mineral Area's defense big reason for that. But, you know, uh, the one thing that was really in awe was a young man coming off the bench, and I'm like, well, I, I think during the broadcast of the game, it's like, well, who's that? And you said, he's a walk-on. Yeah. Sebian Dillard from Lexington, Kentucky, is a 6'3 freshman walk-on or was a walk-on, and has got to play in some of the games. He didn't get to play much at all the first half of the schedule. And here in the last three weeks, he's been one of the first few guys that you see come off the bench and play. Now, he's not been scoring a bunch, but he's played well and has given you good quality minutes. He's played a total of 12 minutes. He averages one minute per game. That's huh. Okay. He, <laughs> he played... Probably 25 minutes right? against Mineral Area. Yeah. And for good reason. Because he was, offensively, our he was, best player the he, other night. He gave, I mean, he brought the Grizzlies back into the game. He did that, and he kept them in the game, too, even when things were going kind of south shooting the ball. But, you know, he's... <laughs> he's an unknown commodity. Now, when Scooter Williams would have the ball or where Martavion Jones would have the ball or Trey Breeland or anybody else, Mineral Area and other teams know. That's who you got to – with Ed Hussein, you know if you're not on him when he catches it, he's going to shoot it and probably make it uh, from the outside. But Sebian Dillard, he's, you know, he's, he's operating under the radar. And he, they gave him opportunities there tonight. And boy, did he light them up. 23 points. Yeah. 23 points. He was our leading scorer and tied for game game high. It was, a, it was just a, it was a great. And he is now a scholarship player. <laughs> there, there you go. That's how you get. That's how you get in it. Uh, that's how you get that scholarship. So congratulations to him. And again, that upcoming game this Friday at 5 o'clock will be broadcast live on KDY 102.5. Uh, staying with the Grizzlies, the Missouri State West Plains Grizzly volleyball team, Harlan, they won their 17th Region 16 title. That's that's amazing. Go over the course of the history of the Grizzly volleyball program, their success with Trish Knight being the head coach there, and of course uh, later her assistant Paula Wiedemann taking over the program. And last year was kind of a, a bummer. This year with a little different cast. They've been able to keep it together, and they have they have now worked their way into the district competition. So it comes down. This is kind of a throwback to the old days of Grizzly basketball because the Grizzlies could win Region 16. They could win the tournament. But they had to win the district game to get to the national tournament, and it seems like it was always, always against Indian Hills. But here this season, the Lady Grizzlies will play at Indian Hills at the Hellier uh, athletic center there on the campus uh, in Ottumwa, Iowa, and they've got a shot. And you win this one, you're going to the big show. They play a school out of central Illinois uh, 1 p.m. Friday in the Midwest District B uh, you know, game, and then the winner of that game, well, then you make it to the championship, you know, 
you'll make it to the championship. Well, I, I must have misread because I thought it just simply said that they were going to go to Indian Hills. and Yeah, yeah. well, th- that is. The Grizzlies, they're going to be in the uh, Midwest District B playoffs Friday at Indian Hills. Uh, they will face – I'm sorry, they will, they will face Wabash Valley Community College from Illinois at 11 a.m. in the first game of the day. Uh, the winner will face the winner, excuse me, between Indian Hills and this college out of Central Illinois in the uh, Midwest B championship game, and that'll be at 5 p.m. The winner of that championship game will earn an automatic bid to the uh, National Volleyball Championship Tournament April 15th through the 17th at the West Plains Civic Center. So they got to win two games. You win two and you get to come home and play in the national tournament. That's a pretty good deal. You know, now is Indian Hills anything like volleyball, like their basketball? They're very good. They, well, <laughs> they they did what they have done so far by beating Iowa Western, and Iowa Western is seriously good. And so I, so Indian Hills must be playing awful well right now. Well, uh, good luck to the Lady Grizzlies, and uh, we'll have updates on that for you now. Major League Baseball is about to start their regular season this week, Thursday. The Cardinals open their season on the road at Cincinnati, and uh, they've got their roster down to, uh, you know, who they're going to have. And Cardinals pitching staff is boogabooed a little bit with injuries. Also, center fielder uh, Bader is on the uh, – the injured list he's going to be out four to six weeks so dylan carlson's going to be playing center field for the cardinals well this is going to beg a question because if the cardinal offense is much better as it could be with uh, carlson playing center they're going to stick probably justin williams in right field uh o'neill over and left the outfield still doesn't thrill me much but you know, if their offense comes around with Arenado and Goldschmidt in the middle of the lineup, and uh, hopefully DeYoung will hit a little better this year. If that happens, uh, Harrison Bader may have a hard time getting back in that lineup. A very hard time. And, uh, you know, with what the Cardinals... And by the way, Matt Carpenter, two hits, I think, in 40 at-bats in, in the spring. And they've just the Cardinals are just going to have to admit look whether you play him or don't play him you're going to have to pay him 18 million dollars this year so i i here's my my thought on that is if carpenter's got six weeks basically and however many at bats he gets in those six weeks is however many he gets he's only gonna get many and if it just doesn't work I think the Cardinals will just – they need that spot. They need that roster spot. They're, the money is spent. There's nothing they can do to change that. Playing him is not going to change how much money he makes. Exactly. But the one thing that can change is that roster spot. Well, they've, they've as much as said, too. Uh, you've heard I've, I've read many places where people have said, "Well, why are they going to play Carpenter then if he's not well because he makes, he makes eighteen amount, million dollars. He makes eighteen million dollars. Yeah. Well, the Cardinals have kept uh, John. Was it Nogowski? John Nogowski. And I tell you what, he got noticed. 
And he said, look, you're not sending me back because he pounded the baseball. Now, he's a first baseman. But he can play different places. But they've, they've kind of been working him in the outfield as well. Edmund Sosa, another outfielder. Austin Dean. And another one that Justin Williams has just tore the freaking cover well, off. He's probably going to start in right field. And, I would say so. And Nagowski can play first base. He can play outfield. He can play left field. And so the way he has hit in the spring and the fact that he does not strike out, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, uh, at least on this baseball team. Well, and then you've got Lane Thomas, who was sent down. Right. So He flamed out this spring. He didn't do He much. started good, and then he, he flamed out. But, you know, if – Bader comes back, he's healthy. Harrison comes back. You know, he's going to get an opportunity. But if Carpenter is not, how bad in the public's eyes, in the baseball world, would it look that you're going to send somebody down, a Justin Williams or an Austin Dean or a Nagowski, you know, that's playing so good? Their hands are tied. Why would they send him down? Because there's no not a roster spot. So you're, are you putting this on Carpenter or are well, you putting it I'm on putting, Bader no, or I'm, what? No, no. I'm putting it on management. They're going to have a huge decision to make if these players continue to contribute to the offense of the St. Louis Cardinals. Harrison Bader comes off his four to six weeks on the uh, injured list. You know, do you just send Harrison down to the minors? To work on things, probably well, so. Well, you can't just stick him back on the roster if you've got someone playing well. There's nowhere for him. Unless you want to put him out there as a defensive replacement. Now, that might be something. He could pinch run. He could. He can't pinch hit because he can't hit. But he could pinch run and he can play defense. So that could be valuable, especially later in the year. And you're going to get – there's going to be people get hurt. I mean, there's you're going to have injuries to deal with. And maybe that's his – now, he injured his elbow. And that is a big problem because it's one of these – it's almost like a pitcher's it's injury. It's right elbow, too. Yeah, and you could be talking about some a pretty serious surgery, maybe even Tommy John surgery. Well, and, you know, the Cardinals, that's not the uh, – the, the biggest problem right now the Cardinals are looking at is their pitching staff. Dakota Hudson, he's out. Kim, he's out. Uh, Miles, Michaelis, he's out with a shoulder injury. And, uh, you know, that – you go to looking at the St. Louis Cardinals depth chart now, there's a lot of who are these people. Well, ah, but we have that great quality depth in the minors. Well, you so. got Jack Flaherty, Alex Reyes, Jordan Hicks. Well, starting pitchers, I guess, is what I should be looking at. But, uh, uh, you know, Jack Flaherty's going to start the game Thursday. And you've got Kim is out. Miles is out. Adam Wainwright. Wainwright's been your best pitcher in the he spring. Has. Yeah, Carlos Martinez has had a really he good spring. Be, if you, your best, I would think your best pitcher should get the start in the opener. But, but so see, much for that. The the one pitcher that that I really really like. Uh, let's see, and I'm not even seeing him on here, but it's uh, he's a young pitcher. They'd used him in the in the bullpen some. Helsley. No. Uh, Helsley was good. No, it starts with an H. It's not Helsley? No, it's not Helsley. Um, Hard-throwing right-hander. That's Helsley. Yeah, but I'm thinking of someone completely different. I I just I went blank, and they don't You're even have him. Issue over here. Yeah, they don't even have him <laughs> listed. 
So there you go. That's what you get when you go to a website that uh, doesn't have all the information. But Cardinals have got to, uh, you know, kind of keep their pitching staff together, and hopefully they can score more runs than they have in the past. Well, that's going to cover it. There you have it. That is Ozarks Overtime. I'm Gary Lee. I'm Harlan Hutchison. Thanks for pushing play. We'll see you next week.